Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie G and I'm a recovered compulsive eater. Today is Wednesday, July 12th. This is the 7 a.m. meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on page 93, reading that first paragraph. When dealing with such a person, ending with no matter what your convictions are. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, we have Denise C. For the 12 traditions, we have Nancy C. Readers of the text are Shanna C., 164, Leah S., and our backup reader is Vanessa G. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, July 11, the 7 a.m. meeting is 20,429, that's 20429. And our meeting that just concluded the ten oh excuse me uh, the ten a.m. meeting did not just conclude um, Eastern time. The number is twenty thousand four hundred and thirty. That's two zero four three zero. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating, we can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask our friend Denise C. to please read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning, Denise. Good morning, Katie. This is Denise C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Tennessee. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. <clears throat> Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made a direct amends to such people whenever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, 
promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you, Denise C. I will now welcome our friend Nancy C. to read the 12 Traditions of OA. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, family. Nancy C. gratefully recovered this morning in Ann Arbor, Michigan, the 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every overage group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, and COA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions. Ever remind us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thanks, Nancy. Okay, friends, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one, that will unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, please let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 93, the first paragraph, when dealing with such a person, ending with no matter what your convictions are. We're going to study that one paragraph only. I will now ask my friend Shanna C. to begin reading. Good morning, Shanna. Or Shana, sorry. Good morning. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> 
Hey, Katie. Uh, this is Shannon, hey. the Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Tennessee. Thanks for your service and everyone on the line and that I get to be here. Um, okay, so um, I guess I'll just start reading. Um, when dealing with such a person, you had better use everyday language to describe spiritual principles. There is no use arousing prejudice he may have, any prejudice he may have against certain theological terms and conceptions about which he may already be confused. Don't raise such issues, no matter what your own convictions are. <clears throat> okay. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, the first thing that just kind of pops into my mind is is uh, referencing back. And the cool thing is um, with this textbook, it is a textbook. It's a working textbook. I get to reference back and use this. Uh, I'm always referring back to it because I have a built-in forgetter. It's a way of living for me. Um, and so referring back to pages 46 and 47, and we are agnostics, you know, this is all step two stuff. Uh, <clears throat> and um, the, in working with others here, it's talking, you're basically taking the newcomer through step two and, and emphasizing your experience and, and all of that as far as obtaining uh, that conscious contact with God and even that willingness to believe. And thank God that's all I really needed. Um, but in uh, like on page 46, it talks about how much to our relief we did not need to consider another's conception of God, our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach and to effect a contact with him. Uh, as soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence, um, you know, and going on to uh, at the bottom of that page where it says we found that God does not make too hard turns for those who seek him broad, roomy, open, and then on page 47, when therefore we speak to you of God, we uh, we mean your own conception of God. Um, you know, am I willing to believe that there is one? And for me, what that looked like was this person was able to not eat and not worry about eating and not um, be obsessed with the fear of eating or not eating or, or whatever and be abstinent this thing was working in this person and they were happy about it. It was just that simple. I knew that of myself, I couldn't make that happen. I'd tried it for years. And so by the time I got to the end of my rope meeting, you know, I couldn't imagine life with or without food and eating the way that I had or being on some sort of diet, trying to control and manage or, and enjoy my food. I just couldn't get myself out of it. And I needed a power greater than myself to change me. I came to that point. This, I saw this thing was really working. She laid down the spiritual tools at my feet, and I was willing to take the action. And so by taking the action of the 12 steps, putting down the food, following that willingness to set aside everything I think I know about God, I've been raised religious, whatever, whatever. I had to set all that stuff aside. And believe me, I had plenty of spiritual experiences from being in a religious denomination, but it didn't spell out the vital spiritual experience that separated me from the food. The big difference. Um, for me, at least, I needed identification of the other compulsive overeaters and a way of living and the accountability. And uh, so uh, taking the action of the steps, I came to believe more and more that there is a power greater and he cares and he's willing to help me when I speak. And every time I take the action, it works every time I try. It may not feel it all the time, but so far, the directions I've been given out of this book are working. Thank you, Katie. And with that, I pass. I'm so grateful to be here. Shanice, thank you so much for getting us started. 
Okay, before I take your names and, uh, yeah, your names, a reminder that we are on page 93, the first paragraph. When dealing with such a person, ending with no matter what your convictions are, that one paragraph only. And a reminder also that if you have shared in the last two days, so today is Wednesday, so that would be Monday or Tuesday on any of our Vision for You lines, we ask that you please take a step back so we can hear other uh, fellows share their experience, their strength, and their hope. So I have my pen, and I'm going to do my best to hear you. Please give me your first name. Darlene H. Darlene Rachel Leslie K. W. Rachel K. Leslie W. Larry Sherry. K. Pamela P. from New York. Larry K. Jen A. Amy G. Amy so, G. so far... I have Darlene. Pamela P. Rachel from K, New York. Leslie W. Hey, Pamela, it's great to hear you. Did you by any chance happen to share at our meeting yesterday? So I'm just going to kindly ask everybody to monitor themselves and make sure they have not shared on the past Monday or Tuesday. So right now the lineup I have is Darlene, Rachel K., Leslie W., Larry K., Jen A., and Amy G. Is there anyone else? All right, I'm going to go ahead and get started. Pamela Pete from New York. Okay, so we're going to go, I'm going to start with these first six, and we'll move on from there. Darlene, please go ahead, and if you wouldn't mind providing me with the first initial of your last name. Thank you. Good, mo good morning. Darlene H., recovered compulsive overeater from Georgia. Um, thank you for your service. So when I look at this, uh, I immediately think about Oh, Bill and Abby and when Abby came and he said, I've got religion and Bill's conflict with that, you know, and how how he went through all of his series of all his beliefs, his grandfather's beliefs, his father's beliefs, his beliefs, um, the same when we talk about when we go to make amends, we don't show up and say to people, I've got religion or uh, I've had a spiritual awakening. People want to see through action. And I know that this isn't the approach, um, and it's talking about when they're curious about us and where we're at. So I'm not going to start with, I'm sorry, um, I'm not going to start with religion. I'm going to start with how devastating it was, how how out of control and the unmanageability and how uh, upset I was and how I felt and then I'm going to talk about you know my sponsor and I just talked about this what it was like what happened what's it like now you know share my experience through that brought me to this place the things that worked the things that didn't work the things that I set aside and opened up to um, and I may not even describe my conception of a higher power you know, there are times that I don't. I just refer to it as power and let the other person come up with their own. I often don't even recommend that people come up with a, a limiting conception. Just be open to see what it evolves to. And it's pretty amazing to watch people change and grow. It's pretty amazing to watch myself change and grow. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Darlene H. 
Next up, we have Rachel K, and Rachel is going to be followed by Leslie W. Good morning, Rachel. Hi, Katie. This is Rachel K, compulsive overeater from Indiana. Thank you so much for taking the meeting. And um, this passage reminds me so much of why Step 12 comes where it does 12th, not first or second, because I, in the order of the steps, because I have to work a careful 10 and 11. Well, I have to work all the steps, and 10, of course, is just basically, you know, one through nine over and over again, Um, because if not, I am really going to be like a bull in a china shop when it comes to carrying the message. It talks about, you know, in the previous paragraph, it talked about, um, I'm going to paraphrase it, but, you know, stress the spiritual aspect freely. And then in this paragraph, it says, you know, use everyday language. So this is a fine line that I need to say, yeah, this is a spiritual program. This isn't a diet. This isn't a support club or support group. Um, It's a spiritual program. But I also, you know, need to be careful not to, um, you know, bowl them over, plow them with my personal conception of God. And, and if they have problems with it, um, you know, if, it, because I've, I've sponsored and, you know, talked with people who are new or struggling, who had different conceptions of their higher power, or were struggling with that. And inside, you know, I will admit this, maybe this makes me a bad person, I'm thinking, why don't they just let go and quit trying to be right and just accept and quit trying to intellectualize it and da 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 Well, that's my stuff. That's why I need step 10 and 11. I need to work at step 10, get rid of all my resentment, fear, selfishness, you know, self-centered fear that I want them to adopt a certain way of believing. I need to work through that so that I can be a pure vessel to carry the message. Otherwise, you know, I'm, I'm not helping this person at all. So um, thank you so much for letting me share, and I'll pass. Thank you, Rachel Kay. All right, Leslie W. is going to be next from Tennessee, followed by Larry Kay from Chicago. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for leading us this morning. This is Leslie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee, and I wanted to speak on the phrase, you'd better use everyday language to describe spiritual principles. For me, this was really important because no one likes to be preached to, no one likes to be talked down to. Um, We've spent, as compulsive overeaters, a lifetime of not feeling good enough in our bodies, in our skin, in our spirit, in our minds, I mean, there's really just, there's really no sense in creating that distance between us and another sufferer um, by exaggerating our own importance of the knowledge of spiritual things. Um, And when I first came into program in 2010, others told me, I was living in Nashville at the time, and, you know, they told me that when I first came in that this is a spiritual program, not a religious one. Spiritual, not religious. Well, what, what, what the hell does that mean? I mean, I, I felt like it was a cop out. I mean, like growing up in a small rural town in South Georgia, you were either Baptist or Methodist, and if you didn't fit into those two categories, you were just weird. You were ostracized. I mean, 
religion in the South is a rite of passage. There's no talk about spirituality. Um, it's conservative. It's black and white, you know, and people in the church would say to me when I would confide in them, when I, when I, in my 30s, when I developed this um, eating disorder, I, I would confide in leaders in, in, in my church. And I would say, this is a problem I'm having and I, I can't stop. And they, they would just say, well, God, you know, well, God's all powerful. And there, you know, there isn't anything that he can't do. You just have to believe. You just have to have stronger faith. Push the plate away. You're not, a, you're not an addict. This is not an addiction. Um, and so I felt like I was morally and spiritually um, not good enough. And I remember the first time I walked through the doors of, of, of Readers Anonymous and looked around me and knew, you know, I knew I was home. I knew that, that God had sent me there to that place and that he was going to heal me in the rooms of Readers Anonymous and not the church because I needed to be stripped from any and all false beliefs and be in a safe environment to heal. And that's exactly what he's given me. So thank you so much uh, for allowing me to share this morning. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Leslie W. from Tennessee. Next up, we'll have Larry K. followed by Jen A. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Katie. Thanks for your service. Larry K., uh, Recovered Compulsible Reader from Chicago. You know, when I read this, um, what strikes me, you know, using simple language when describing spiritual concepts. See, my ego has a tendency to complicate things, you know. And, and, and the reason it does is because I suppose, you know, there's a sense of superiority or validation in using complex language to describe simple things, you know. And um, so my mind... And my explanations want to make things appear more convoluted or sophisticated. And the, the ego tries to assert its significance by doing this. And so, and what this, what happens though when I do that is it, it, you know, there's an inclination when I do that, it, it, people become more distanced from the message and from understanding and there's less engagement with um, the concepts and it creates a barrier between me and, and somebody else. So, you know, for me, an, an example, here's an example. Let's say, you know, a spiritual principle that crosses all different theological and spiritual traditions is one of being of, of mindfulness, you know. Um, and, you know, I could use very complex language, let's say, to, descri to, to describe the idea of, of being mindful, even in working the steps, of, you know, that we need to be mindful in doing that. And I could describe mindfulness in a complex way, you know, cultivating introspective metacognitive nonsense, right? I could describe it that way, and it goes over my head, and it goes over anyone else's head, right? And it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Or I could describe mindfulness as just um, a way of using everyday language, uh, a way of being fully present in the moment, you know, paying attention to what's happening around me. It, 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 it makes it much less complex. It's okay. Can I work these steps, for example, being mindful, being fully present, paying attention to what's happening to me without judgment? 
you know, and um, and 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 so to to me that can, you know conveying an essence of mindfulness in that way anyone can understand that anyone can apply that. This is all inclusive, not exclusive, right? We're not a special club. We're not for thank goodness for me. It's not about high IQ or or, or anything along those lines. It's it, anybody can do this. So we we have to really strive to use everyday language to describe these spiritual concepts, right? Because we want to project all inclusiveness rather than exclusivity. So it makes uh, good sense to me. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Larry Kay. All right, next up we'll have Jen A, and then Jen will be followed by Amy G. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Katie. Thanks so much for taking the meeting. This is Jen A, recovered here in Colorado by God's grace and mercy today. Thank you, God. Um, so, you know, when I walked into the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, um, it was a little different than standing or sitting in a pew in a church. And from a religious perspective, I'll just say that. You know, um, I felt like uh, people were Bible Bible beaters, and they used this language that was like kind of, it, it was just kind of Christianese, that's how I'll say it. And then when I came to the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous, I sat in a circle with people, and I felt a part of, and they spoke from their heart. Um, and they really shared um, the things that they did, how they were honest about admitting that they were powerless over food and that their lives had become unmanageable. And I heard stories of hope. And in those stories of hope, it's faith that led them to that hope, a power greater than themselves that they believed in. And some people used HP, some people used God, some people used Spirit of the Universe. Um, a girl in my group, her goddess, I just remember that. Um, and they were able to speak with courage. There wasn't fear in their voices, trembling. Um, they, they knew how this, uh, you know, this obsession had been removed. Um, they talked about how they did their best on a daily basis as human beings to live with integrity and that they were willing to make choices. Um, you know, they didn't, they weren't prideful people. They weren't standing there, you know, like, and you need to listen to me, and this is what I've done, and you have to do what I do. No, they just shared their experience, strength, and hope. They loved me, um, you know, and 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 they and they persevered. They really, really went out there and kept doing the same things over and over again, week after week. And they had this spiritual sense about them. And it was like I saw it as like an oil can and water ran down that oil can. But now I know it's God. <laughs> That's what kept them um, peaceful and sane, um, even in times of trouble. And then they were just always helping other people, helping me. Like my sponsor met with me every single Saturday before a meeting for years until the pandemic hit. And you know what, those are just the principles behind the steps that those people were working. But more than anything, what I heard them speak was what we call the language of the heart in this program. And that's what it's been termed and deemed by, by Alcoholics Anonymous in this program. It's a language that speaks directly from my heart to your heart so that you know that I truly mean what I say. And I just really want to share it with you so that you can experience the same joy and gift that I experienced. And I'm so grateful that my sponsor and the people around me were like that, and they continue to be. And I just pray that I can continue to be that way to others and that I don't have to speak big bookies. Big bookies. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Katie. 
Thank you, Jen A. Okay, and now we have Amy G. And after Amy G shares, we are going to take a new round. Amy G, good morning. Good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. Wow, awesome shares today. Um, my name is Amy G. I'm a recovered uh, compulsive eater from Maryland. So clearly, you know, everyone's saying here and in this paragraph that we can't, you know, we don't talk from a spiritual mountaintop and the beauty of one alcoholic, one compulsive overeater talking to another is how how can I, right? I've been where the sponsee is. I, I know what it is to be confused. Um, I know what it is to be in the depths and the hell of compulsive eating and needing a way out. And for me, the one spiritual concept that is being impressed upon me here is the concept of the fact that I don't have the power. And I'm expressing to the person and hoping that they relate when I tell them, quote, in italics from the prior paragraph, tell them exactly what happened to you, that they understand that I didn't have any of that power either. Lack of power, that was my dilemma. And I needed a power greater than myself, which is, the, of course, the essence of step two. And the other spiritual principle is the one of action. I mean, some of you all have heard my story, but in, in my humble opinion, it bears repeating because I struggled so strongly with my agnosticism, so entrenched with not wanting to know about God or rejecting God. And she said to me, you know, look, I don't care if you think it's Jesus, Buddha, or the universal vibes of a tree, as long as it isn't you and it's greater than you. In Overeaters Anonymous, we act our way into a new way of thinking and believing. We don't think our way there. So my idea of, of, of sharing and expressing this concept to a sponsee is, is just to say we're going to take the action because that's where faith evolves is when we take the action and the leap of faith that says I don't have the power. Show me how to find that power because there is a lot of confusion. I don't know of one sponsee that I've had regardless of what their theological, religious, or spiritual, or non-nothing uh, background who hasn't come in with confusion, just like I did, not understanding why I couldn't use my willpower, knowledge, and experience to fix myself of this disease. So gratefully, we keep it simple, and we keep it really, really basic. And to me, this paragraph talks about action and powerlessness. And we just relay that concept as it relates to our own experience. It's hard to argue with someone when you're speaking from your own experience, whatever that is. Grateful to be here today with you all. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. Okay, friends, before I take my next line up, just a reminder, we are on page 93, the first paragraph. When dealing with such a person, ending with no matter what your own convictions are, and a loving reminder to all of us, if you have shared on any meeting on Monday or Tuesday for a vision for you, we appreciate your enthusiasm and ask that you please step back so that others can be heard. Okay, I have my pen. I'm going to do my best to hear everyone. Please go ahead. Marcia D. Riska R. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. We've got Marsha D. and Rivka R. That's all I've got. Who else? Sue Ann W. Sue Ann. Press star one if you'd like to share. So far, I've got 
Marsha D, Riska R, and Sue Ann W. Would anyone else like a chance at sharing today that hasn't shared? Jim S. in Toledo. Got you, Jim. I'd like to share this a little bit. Hey, you know what? Um, Could I please have your name? Shelly B. Minnesota. All right, Shelly. We're going to have you share right after Jim S. We've got a great lineup. So um, unless you are Marsha D., I'm going to ask everybody to mute their phones. I've got a list here of Marsha D., Rifka R., Duan W., Jim S., and Shelly B. Okay, let's get started with Marsha D. Good morning, Marsha. Good morning. This is Marsha D. in Ohio. Thank you so much for your service, Katie. Um, Really good passage today. Um, What it brings me to is, um, you know, on page 17 of There is a Solution, you know, we are a people who normally would not mix, but there exists among us a fellowship, a friendliness, and an understanding which is indescribably wonderful. And it is such a blessing. And as I look at today's reading, you know, what really speaks to me is, um, you know, this. there is no use arousing any prejudice. Um, I'm part of a, a religion that has a very long history, and with that, um, a history of being persecuted. And I've faced discrimination in my life because of my religious beliefs. So it's vitally important in working with others and with my sponsor that, you know, my values, my beliefs, be respected. You know, they don't have to be the same. Again, we're a people that wouldn't normally mix. I have friends from all backgrounds. And when I was recovered, I sponsored people from all backgrounds. And I work with people from all backgrounds. But um, it's just important, I think, for me to feel respected and not judged. And I try to convey that, you know, in my fellowship with others. So really good passage. Um, I think when I sense any kind of prejudice toward me, you know, as one of the previous shares had said, it just creates a barrier and it doesn't feel good. You know, I feel shamed. I feel judged. And so um, I think it's it's really wonderful that we can all choose our own conception and that some of us do have religious practices, as it says in the book, that continue to be a part of our recovery and continue to be a positive in our lives. And that's what I wanted to share. I pass. Thank you, Marsha D. Okay, next up we'll have Rifka R. And Rifka will be followed by Sue Ann W. Good morning, Rifka. Good morning. Good morning, Katie. Thanks so much for your service. And uh, good morning, everyone. Um, Rifka R. Gratefully recovered. Uh, a compulsive overeater in Baltimore. So I was inspired to share this morning because my my sponsee uh, yesterday um, said, "Wow, nobody um, in the past years everyone kept saying you're not surrendered, you're not surrendered, you're not surrendered," and um, when and I didn't know how to do that, and then you told me, um, "Well, why don't you just ask God what His will is for you on this? <laughs> that's what surrender is." And she's like, "Oh, it never dawned on me that that's what surrender is," and like so she was able to do that and. Um, and finally stay abstinent. Um, and I'm, I'm, I started really thinking a lot since we're talking a lot about these spiritual principles. That uh, what is it like a spiritual principle? And 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 realizing that 
You know, I, I live my life so much um, reacting to life, and I think that's one of the reasons why I kept relapsing so much um, over many years is that I, I never developed the, the emotional sobriety um, that these spirits, living according to a spiritual principle rather than just reacting to life will, will you know, um, allow me to achieve. And I, I looked up the word principle and it said the thoughts and actions that arise to promote new patterns of behavior and character traits and um i and i realize that you know when i when i'm disturbed and and reacting that means that there is some spiritual re- principle that i'm not living by cuz i'm still stuck in myself like whether it's honesty or hope or surrender courage integrity humility love taking ownership like these spiritual principles are really the opposite of my character defects and they're the opposite of my negative manifestations of self I mean, by definition, I cannot be holding on to a resentment and be living by spiritual principles. Like, I can't be miserable and anxious and blaming and worried. And, and you know, um, if, I, if I'm living by spiritual principles, I will be reactive if I'm not living by spiritual principles, which means I haven't let go enough of self. And someone mentioned once the words reactive and creative have the same letters. So stuck in self, I will be reactive to life, but living according to these spiritual principles, I can be creative because they're godly principles. And it dawned to me, God is the creator. Like the only thing I can create when I'm reactive is, is misery. But um, when I'm living by spiritual principles, I'm living in, in alignment with God's will for me, and that allows me to choose life. Like, I choose life when I live by these spiritual principles. And it is, you know, an awareness and a discipline. That I'm pleased. Um, okay, thanks so much. So I'm I'm glad that I can live in a, you know, with greater awareness today. And, and uh, everyone have a blessed day. I pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Rivka R. Okay, next up we'll have Sue Ann W., Sue Ann will be followed by Jim S. Good morning, Sue Ann. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service today. Um, thank you for everyone's for your service for being at this meeting. Um, I am recovering, um, and I <laughs> sorry I get stage right. Um, I'm recovering one day at a time because of my um, well anyway practicing the principles of Overeaters Anonymous. I just want to tell you that the breakthrough that I had yesterday, I actually managed to call people. <laughs> I, call, I actually managed to reach out to people and call them. I am so happy that God created the willingness in me to do this. Um, and I'm going to continue doing this. And I'm just really thankful to have my higher power in my life. I, I, I've realized that my higher power is inside of me in the form of love and caring and um healing me one day at a time. So thank you for letting me share. Well, have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Thank you, Sue Ann W. Okay, next up we'll have Jim S. And Jim's going to be followed by Shelly B. Good morning, Jim. This is Jim S. in Toledo, Ohio. And I'm a grateful, recovering overeater, compulsive overeater. Um, I had a realization that um, I had hit my bottom 
been a member of Alcoholics Anonymous for a long time, and uh, I have sobriety. But um, my character defects kept me from really recovering. And um, I'm trying to get in the car while I'm talking. Um, So anyway, um, from that bottom, I was arrogant, extremely arrogant. And um, that was my bottom. And I went to a meeting yesterday, and I recovered completely from that being arrogant, and I made um, amends to the lady that I was arrogant in front of. And from that, I have a chance to um, really embrace this program, and um, I'm going to recover fully. Final pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jim S. Okay, next up we have Shelly B. Good morning, Shelly. Shelly, please press star one to unmute your phone. Katie, right? Your key is serving today? I am the moderator. Good morning, Shelly B. Would you like to share? A little bit, yes. I uh, have had schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder all my life, and it caused me a lot of fear and destructive thinking growing up because I didn't get help. And self-hatred, and even addition, there's some Shelley. air. Hey, huh? Excuse me, Shelly. We, were you able to read the um, page 91, uh, the first paragraph, when dealing with such a person? We do ask that people share their experience, strength, and hope with that paragraph. I'd love to hear you. Well, dealing with people, I'm a lot better because of all the help I got. And I did want to start a 12-step group with this clubhouse I go to, but I have to have a leader help me. I am reaching out to a friend in particular here uh, who has Asperger's syndrome. She's a great gal, um, and I'm taking my time to get to know her. Helping her only by helping myself, having overcome a lot of fear of people over the years. And I'm doing a lot of volunteer work has caused me to not focus on food as much. Well, I still focus on it, but I'm a lot better. And, um, God, what am I saying? (laughs) I did lose my book for a while. I had to hang up so I don't have my glasses on, but I thought we were on page 92 or 93. We're at 91. Shelly, yeah, you're doing great. We are on page 93. We read it one paragraph when dealing with such a person, um, ending with no matter what your convictions are. So we're talking about how people might sponsor or be sponsored. Yes. Yeah, so a newcomer. I am approaching her, and I'm not being forceful with my other um, people I know who are struggling with this spiritual disease. Yes, and um, prejudice. I've had prejudices in my life because of 
because I didn't talk to people. And um, now my prejudices are alleviated. A lot of this program is helping to be, uh, it's just no matter what your convictions. Well, my higher power is God. And um, I try not to be preaching to people, but yes, I, my higher power is God. And uh, with that, I'll pass. All right, Shelly B. Okay, friends, I have time for a couple more, and I um, want to lovingly remind everyone, we do ask that you share your experience, strength, and hope on page 93, the first paragraph, when dealing with such a person, ending with no matter what your convictions are. And a reminder also that we do ask that if you have shared at any Vision for You meeting in the last two days, that you step back to allow others to share. And I have room for about three voices. So who would like to share, please? Leah S. I got Leah. Sue L. Pamela P. Pamela, can you let me know if you shared the other day? Did you share on Monday? Yes, I share last Wednesday, ma'am. I can't ask you that. Oh, well, that's my mistake. Okay, Pamela, we'll have to speak. Thank you. I've been trying to share the last three days. Everybody say last Wednesday. That's the last time I shared. Okay, well, thanks for correcting me. I do make mistakes. So we're going to go with these three, Leah S., Sue L., and Pamela P. Please go ahead, Leah. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. My name is Leah S. And presently in upstate New York. Um, I I have to tell you guys, I was petrified, uh, and I still am, <laughs> like, really unsure. So I am not an expert in, in sponsoring. But all I can tell you is that um, I heard that God means good orderly direction and I can tell you guys one certain thing that I got structure in my food I got structure in my life I got so many things that became so much more clearer to me and all these because of these steps and because of this big book and this beautiful fellowship that I um, I'm able to just be able to give it over and 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 explain that and um, so I no I, I I don't I don't have anything I all we have in common is that that I used to overeat terribly and um, and there's so much more clarity in my life and. Um, and I'm not a professor. I don't have theological um, statements or, or kind of um, uh, things that I can quote to you. But, but yeah, this this is what has happened and has helped me in my life. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah S. And this is my screaming child. Next up, we'll have Sue out, followed by Pamela P. Sue, please go ahead. Good morning, Katie. Those are joyful sounds in the background. I'm Sue L. in Texas, compulsive overeater. And I just, I have to respect, and I do respect, with this paragraph that 
at least from my reference, there's no more personal relationship that anyone will ever have than with their higher power, whatever their perception of that higher power is. And I have my own complicated relationship with religion. And so when when I'm just open, excuse me, that's a dog barking. Um, When I'm just open and willing to meet people where they are and not go in with my own, um, you know, I'm going to tell them what my beliefs are, but I'm open to hear what their beliefs are, then we can work with that. And they will be more open to, um, you know, being, being truthful and honest with me as to what their perception of a higher power is or none at all. And we say that we learn as much from the sponsees as they learn from us. And I just wanted to share that I was working with someone, and I do have a complicated relationship with religion. And she said, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to do it. I wasn't raised. I don't know how to do it. And in that moment, my own complicated relationship with religion was totally overturned because I had at least been learned to do those things and it just brought peace and comfort to me um, with my own religion. So we really do learn <laughs> as much from the sponsors as, as we share. So with that, I'll pass you. Thank you for allowing me to share and sorry for the background noise. Oh, please don't apologize. We're all humans. We have babies and dogs and lots of things. Okay, Pamela P., please go ahead. Uh, we are yes, on page 93, that first. Yes, it's me. <laughs> Hi, my name is Pamela P. Um, God bless everyone. Great meeting. Always great meeting. So much recovery. So much wisdom. Um, so I get, with my sponsor, I... I think she's amazing. She's very um, to the point. She concentrates on the solution and that's the goal. But also, the other things that get me to that place, and I need to vent out and say things. Right now, I live in a homeless shelter, and sometimes it's very hard to get that alone time or that quiet time to do my recovery all the stuff I need to do, but I'm doing it, and I had a slip the last two days in the middle of the day after lunch. It's something I tend to go to a lot, and I pray for day one of not eating that junk, and I'm just praying. I I try to be um, respectful of everybody, but I also want respect for myself and honesty. And I'm just doing what I need to do to survive this environment. The environment is not a great environment for somebody with compulsive overeating and a lot of trauma I have. But nothing is impossible to my high power is Jesus Christ. So I'm just getting through what I need to do, going to the meeting, hearing the wisdom, hearing positive vibes from the fellowship, keep telling me, don't give up. Don't give up on any day in life. Definitely not on recovery. So my recovery could be stronger. So I need to be stronger starting today to don't go to that food. Having food stamp is a, a trigger because almost like it play money. 
and I seem like I don't want to buy junk food stuff and all the food provided for me. So I'm just praying that I even might leave it at the shelter and lock it up so I won't be triggered to eat something. And try to eat three meals a day with nothing in between. Either I had a snack, eat it with the meal. So that's all I want to say. I am being honest, but I wish, you know, everyone don't assume they on me. And just because when someone say, oh, you can't see her, that really hurt. And I did nothing wrong. So please, you know, think before you say stuff like that. My name is Pamela from New York, and I passed. Thank you. Thank you, Pamela. Okay, friends, I have time for one more share or two short shares. Who would like to wrap us up today from page 93, that first paragraph? Star one, if you've not shared in the past two days, which is our guideline. Everyone's safe to have a voice. Robin L. Hi, Donna. Donna okay, I've got, thank you. So I've got Robin and Donna, and if you each take about one minute, that would be terrific. Go ahead, Robin. Robin, I'm a compulsive eater, and I just wanted to share, I like this paragraph in that um, it allows for some flexibility for those with fear still coming in, and I'm speaking of myself, of um, always finding um, something to be scared of to stop us from being able to move forward and the ability for sponsors and sharers to provide a variety of means of explaining what the one solution is, which is God, um, to help us slowly work our way over the finish line. And someone once shared to me that um, you don't expect your significant other and your relationship to start immediately. It builds over time through trust and connection. And that's what our relationship with God is like. It has to build over time and it isn't um, to be expected that we have um, a perfect relationship right at the beginning. And so I'm grateful for the flexibility uh, that the book provides in helping some of us that are scared uh, get over those initial spaces of coming back into program. Thanks for letting me share. Well, welcome home. You are back. And we're going to wrap up with a one-minute share from Donna. Please go ahead, Donna. Hi. Good morning, Donna. Kate from Ohio. Um, it takes a lot, of, uh, a lot of courage, I think, to start the process, start the program, work those steps. And uh, I think it's just really important that we meet people where they are. Um, we have two ears and one mouth. <laughs> we need to do a lot of listening. Anyway, thanks for letting me share. Thanks for your service and patience. I pass. All right. Well, thank you to everyone who shared today and those who participated. Um, we are now at um, where you may join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for this morning, today, Wednesday, July 12, 2023, is 20,436. That's 20436. We are now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. 
Would Leia S. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Leia. Thank you so much. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.